Welcome to the Greener Way podcast, a show about people, planet, and purpose, and how investors and corporate leaders push forward in a complex world. Joining us today on The Greener Way is Wide Open Agriculture CEO, Jay Albany. Wide Open Agriculture is an ASX-listed company that focuses on a portfolio of regenerative food products and brands that aim to produce nutritious food at accessible prices, as well as nurture the planet back to health. You know, the low-hanging fruit. Jay, welcome to The Greener Way. Can you introduce yourself a little bit more and how you ended up in Perth at Wide Open Agriculture? Hey, Rachel, thank you for having me. Um, it's really exciting to talk about wide open agriculture and what we're up to and our food brand, Dirty Clean Food. My name is Jay. Uh, I'm CEO of Wide Open Agriculture. I'm an American expat who fell in love with Western Australia upon setting foot here. And it's really been my uh, privilege to uh, an honor to uh, move my family across the world uh, and citizen here and to really work uh, and build a business that is dedicated to protecting uh, this land that I fell in love with, uh, protecting the biodiversity and regenerating the soil. Don't worry, I'll keep some beautiful red dirt uh, in the wheat belt. <laughs> <laughs> Look, as a, as a fellow uh, American who also fell in love with uh, the southeastern part, obviously here in Melbourne, uh, I hear your energy and match it. You talk about developing regenerative food and beverage products that are good for people and planet. What does that mean in practice? Yeah, that's a great question. So um, this company, uh, Wide Open Agriculture, founded by Anthony Maslin, Ben Cole, and um, a sort of legendary regenerative farmer, Stuart McAlpine, uh, about seven years ago, uh, really with a, with a big vision. It was ahead of its time, uh, I think, to try to create commercial avenues uh, for long-term that support long-term landscape regeneration through regenerative agriculture principles. Mm -hmm. I joined um, in two, end of 2018. My, my background, you can hear from my accent. Uh, <laughs> I'm uh, from the from, uh, United States. Uh, I've always had a love of uh, farming and especially the connections you make with local farmers. That the food just tastes better when you know where it comes from and you, <laughs> and you can see a, um, a non-industrial um, you know, production system. Um, but I really joined with the, with the background in terms of I, I've built commercial, uh, food businesses before, mm -hmm. and I fell in love with this idea of let's really, and that was in grocery in New York, mm -hmm. um, kind of a, a concrete jungle, very opposite of Western <laughs> Australia. But, um, I really fell in love with this idea of how can we build a business that makes it easy for people to support local farmers who are using regenerative agriculture practices? Mm. I think you asked me, what is regenerative agriculture in my view and, and what that is for us? Mm -hmm. um, look, it's a, it's an evolving journey, yeah. um, but there are some, there's some core principles that we stick to and every sort of crop we work with, we have, uh, we call them production principles, production protocols. So it's kind of think of it as a bare minimum. This, this is anything that it doesn't meet. This is, is excluded. Um, but we, we also, uh, believe it's a journey and that everyone who works in our network as a supplier, uh, meets with a dedicated impact team, uh, mm -hmm. and has a, has a pathway to improving what they're doing for the soil and, um, and their product quality. Mm -hmm. So, uh, those tenants are really about, um, improving the soil quality, uh, improving biodiversity. There are some improving the water cycle on farm. There are some, some no-nos, which are probably similar to organic, but we don't like to be as um, 
I don't know, formulaic as mm-hmm. uh, regulated organic produce. Um, so, you know, obviously uh, no chemical pesticides, chemical fungicides. We're trying to have a clean, healthy product. Uh, we want to have a multi-cropping or uh, system involved. Mm-hmm. We want to have a holistic approach where um, even if it's, you know, ideally there's livestock going through uh, the, the rest of the crops and, and you're getting this really nutrient dense output. Mm-hmm. But if it's a grain cropping system, um, you know, what, what we're looking for is sort of cover crop rotation pathways that connect, uh, make it easy for biodiversity to thrive. And then uh, I think key now is really the move towards measurement of, of results. So um, initially this was a practices based system and the proof was in the taste in the pudding i guess um, mm-hmm. but but now we're actually getting some really good data with our partners sort of showing the both the health benefits and um, environmental impacts uh, especially uh in sort of biodiversity and soil carbon okay so how do you actually measure some of these things jay beyond talking about you know happy carrots and cheerful chickens yeah, yeah. Well, happy carrots and cheerful chickens, they are important, especially mm-hmm. the cheerful, especially in the livestock area. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will answer your question. I just want to, I just want to really underscore something. Um, sure. You know, when I, when I grew up, I'm about 46 now. Jeez, that's mm-hmm. embarrassing. But uh, look, you're, you're grew- in good company. <laughs> Me too, Jay. We'll take a deep breath and move through this moment together. <laughs> it's tough. It's tough. But yeah, when I grew up, there was there were these exposés um, on the chicken industry that were really eye opening, and I think the corporate villain of my childhood was you know Kentucky Fried Chicken and probably um, you know some of the large grocery store chicken companies that mm-hmm. I'm not really going to call out. But the the gist of it was they are genetically no longer chickens because they've been engineered to produce uh, large uh, breast meat and they can't mm-hmm. even walk around. And I think, you know, that's an extreme example. Um, and then, of course, there was the sort of animal slave-like conditions, um, you know, ex- exposed as well. That's an extreme example, but it's not actually that different now um, mm-hmm. for this, a lot of the stuff you get in in, in Coles and Woolworths. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I haven't checked out the... I haven't seen firsthand the Australian genetically modified chicken, so I won't make that claim. But what I can say is those conditions are not something that you really want to be a part of and support. It's really been a um, a system based on uh, yield and um, and profit uh, mm-hmm. at scale, not on um, healthy, nutritious uh, you know animals. And I think in beef, it's particular gets a bad rap because of the the obvious link uh, with a grain fed cattle system and and methane. Um, So I think what we're trying to do is really have systems where we can show that the the emissions from sort of what we would call uh, livestock raised the right way um, Mm -hmm. is significantly different. The quality of life, the the impact on the environment is significantly different. And you're actually managing livestock in a a grazing pattern that is uh, frequent, frequent rotational grazing to to sort of replicate you know, the way it's always been, um, mm-hmm. just to sort of spread the goodness of animals moving around, moving around the land in terms of things that we're measuring, which I think was your question. Yeah. Um, we've, we've had, uh, really exciting, uh, developments, you know, we're not science leaders. You know, we are, we are people who are trying to create a platform that, that supports regenerative agriculture, but we've done a number of partners, uh, who can, provide data has really increased. Um, mm-hmm. And it, some of it's a little bit complicated, but there's one that um, I, I think one advancement that I think is really exciting, which is a satellite 
based uh, data to show uh, carbon levels in the soil over a series of five years and linking that and sharing that information with the farmers so they can link it to their practices on farm. Uh, oh, it gives wow. evidence, obviously, which is great, and mm-hmm. hopefully we'll be will reach a place as an industry where that can be part of carbon credit system, um, a financial mm-hmm. product, which we're all skeptical about, but so be it. Uh, it's what it's what the banks have deemed is measurable and mm-hmm. tradable. Mm-hmm. Uh, Got to start somewhere. But mm-hmm. um, it's pretty exciting because it helps give them data about uh, what did I do there? What did I plant there? How did I change what I'm doing? Is it actually mm-hmm. working? Mm. So that's that's really exciting. Um, it would also, I imagine, I would imagine data like that would provide information on things like um, sort of micro targeting where uh, fertilizer needs to be uh, placed as well. If you have you know a pocket of high carbon soil versus a carbon of low of low carbon soil, that might that might impact sort of more targeted spend on on fertilizer. Yeah, it, it helps them reduce the inputs. Uh, it helps them manage their um, their farm plan. Um, mm. And I think what's really What's really changed in the last few years since since we started this business versus now is that it used to be a very expensive manual process to measure mm-hmm. changes in soil carbon. It used to be um, someone, whether it's a farmer or us or someone that we both pay, <laughs> mm-hmm. has to go out and like manually um, put these tests in the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's it's really a big change. There's a there's a couple of companies doing that in the startup scene, which which is really um, I want to say disrupted this sort of like lock on this information in a way that makes it it's still costly but it makes it uh achievable which is which is really breakthrough oh i was gonna say jay i feel like we could geek out on individual metrics all day in agriculture (laughs) (laughs) but let's let's talk about sort of the bigger point that you're referring to here um, which is that agriculture is one of those sectors that is both heavily impacted by climate change and also a major source of greenhouse gas emissions. Um, and so how are you positioning uh, wide open agriculture to reduce those risks as well as take care of some of those oppor- take advantage of some of those opportunities uh, that may come from that? Yeah, look, it, 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 that's a great question. And um, I'm going to I'm going to answer your question in a two part answer. Perfect. Number one is. Um, the the time it's similar to what I mentioned about using the GPS data that has always been there but wasn't accessible until software advancements. Mm-hmm. What's really changed now is the consumer. Mm-hmm. Um, I I really feel like the consumer, and I don't know if it, I don't want to give a lot of people say, "Oh, COVID changed everything," and I don't want to know if I want to give too much credit to COVID and and Netflix regenerative mm-hmm. agriculture documentaries. But the reality is. Uh, people had a lot of time to research things and think about their food over the last, you know, three years, and mm-hmm. and the demographics have changed globally. Uh, and I think people have a better understanding, easier access to information about how their food is made, its its food miles, its process, what goes into processing, what happens, and mm-hmm. they put a higher consumers put a higher value on the environmental cost of food, which is mm-hmm. amazing. Uh, it's still a much smaller group of them of consumers and I would like, I would like it to be everyone, but, Mm. uh, there's definitely been a change. So when I was in New York and running my online grocery, I had a little eco-friendly message. We were like the first, we delivered on bicycles in Manhattan and we were the first people to use, you know, renewable, reusable bags. And this Mm -hmm. and I had an online farmer's market that was all sort of for a small niche group of customers who cared about it. Uh, I think what's different now is that it's just enough information to really make a decision uh, mm-hmm. if you are so inclined. And the mm-hmm. number of people who are uh, aware of this uh, is increasing. It's still hard. And mm-hmm. I think that's why, uh, you know, I'm sure on your podcast and in your community of, of, of friends, uh, there's a lot of complaining about greenwashing. And that's mm-hmm. that that makes sense, because uh, as people are getting 
uh, more aware of this. You know, big companies have adjusted their packaging, adjusted the colors on their mm-hmm. packaging, use words mm-hmm. like uh, sustainable or natural. I mean, what does that mean? Yeah. Um, but um, I think in terms of the other question you asked was, how big of a problem is this? Mm-hmm. Um, and how are you going to com- make a difference? And I would say that it's really interesting. Like, it's like trendy cool if you're sort of a privileged uh left-leaning uh, person to have a Tesla and feel good about yourself. Um, and those are expensive. Uh, mm-hmm. But actually, uh, our f- modern food, I like to call it the food industrial complex, is just as bad as the fossil fuel industry or the transportation industry in terms of its impact to the uh, to the planet. Um, mm-hmm. a, a third of global emissions come from uh, the modern food industrial complex. Mm. But kind of more alarmingly, um, three-quarters of Biodiversity loss is the result of this system as well. Mm. Um, so it's really, um, these are really big numbers. Um, mm. And I think that um, it's exciting to have a company that um, is sort of working to make that more visible and to make it, I mean, our mission is to make it easy for people to mm. make a change. I will also say the other stat that I left out of there was 100% of terrible food. Uh, comes from the food industrial <laughs> complex, except for Tim Tams and uh, Biscoff. I really love those two, no matter what they're made of. Look, we're not here for food shaming, Jay. You know, that's, uh, <laughs> I'm certainly not, my heart is big and ecumenical when it comes to delicious, tasty products. So, uh, but having said that then, um, you know, how, how specifically do you think that companies like Wide Open Agriculture can impact on, you know, first, you know, working with farmers and suppliers to reduce things like biodiversity impacts and impacts from climate change. Um, but then also this other side of the coin, the circular economy aspect as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, food waste is a huge thing. And it's really difficult as a mm-hmm. food company, especially to participate in the biggest channels where people buy food, grocery mm-hmm. and, and food service restaurants. Um, and it's understandable. The, the, the health requirements are, are totally you know, healthy packaging that prevents, that extends uh, shelf life or uh, reduces, uh, you know, microbiological uh, activity is, is obviously important for people being healthy and safe. Mm. What we've really focused on is how can we reduce our plastic? How can we mm-hmm. reuse? I mean, it's the, it's the three R's, uh, mm-hmm. you know, reuse, reduce, reuse, recycle. Yep. Um, it's, you know, I know we've learned that since we were toddlers, <laughs> but like sometimes things are basic. And, yeah, sure. Um, and really making a priority for that. So what I'm really proud of um, for our company is that, you know, fresh meat uh, sold in grocery stores. And I hate to keep talking about meat because we, we that's just one part of a, a lot of regenerative produce. But here I am again. Mm-hmm. Fresh meat um, that we sell in our grocery packs. Um, you know, it's really difficult to have an eco-friendly package for mm-hmm. that. In our online business, we can we can use compostable bags and we can experiment with um, other sort of, you know, I can I, we reuse about three quarters of our boxes uh, are reused in the online delivery, which is, mm-hmm. which is awesome. We use crates uh, instead of boxes when we deliver to third parties. So we can reuse those. Um, but in the in the pack, we it's really difficult. It's plastic and yeah. um, it's plastic for, for the, the grocery store uh, demands a uh, certain shelf life. Uh, the 
health department uh, interaction with the grocery store demands, you know, uh, checks, which is mm-hmm. totally understandable. Um, and it's, it was really difficult for us to solve that problem. Uh, first couple of years, there was kind of nothing we could do. We had to outsource our, our retail packing to uh, a processor in, outside of Bunbury. Mm-hmm. Over the last year, we invested in an in-house um, processing facility, and so we were able. We actually bought this. I think the first one in WA. This this machine that um, reduces plastic required by about eighty percent. So, um, and then it has the tray at the bottom is recyclables that used to be um, plastic trays. So it's 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 not perfect, but it's mm-hmm. significantly better than what we're doing. What what has been done, and you mm-hmm. know, I think it's one of these things where it's a journey. Um, and obviously, when we're not going through the grocery store channel we have a lot more flexibility uh in what we can do Um, but even compostable packaging you know it's hard sometimes because there's a difference between home home compost which is the natural thing people want to use Mm -hmm. um versus sort of a industrial compost is is technically compostable but you know it's still in your backyard Mm -hmm. uh, compost you Mm -hmm. know six months later and then the other thing is bones and and things where you have um, health risks and you have uh, waste that happens from uh, the bags breaking. Um, mm-hmm. So it's it's something that is a really big issue mm-hmm. and that I think everyone is, but I, everyone is working on to get better. We are too. I will just plug us for a second. I know I've been monologuing, but <laughs> monologuing a little bit, but we just released our, um, what we call it an annual regeneration report. It's kind of the, com- the comparable thing, I guess, would be a annual and social annual sustainability report at mm-hmm. a other company, um, which sort of shows some of the things we've done and gives, gives lots of those, uh, uh environmental geeky answers. Um, it's a, it's a robust 40 page report with graphs and pictures. And then it definitely addresses that challenge that you said in, uh, in particular. We will be sure to drop a link to that report in our show notes, Jay. So we don't have to, uh, we don't have to go through all, for, all 40 pages <laughs> now, but I would love to make sure our reader, our listeners are informed. Um, as we come to the end of our time together, Jay, what gives you hope about Australian agriculture in the future? Oh, I think that this country is really motivated. So the consumer base of it is in a way that, uh, I mean, I've been, I can even tell the difference between now and, and when I joined mm. this company in 2018. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're just the awareness and the interest. Mm-hmm. Um, when I, I used to, when we first started, Dirty Clean Food, which is our food brand, dirtycleanfood.com.au. Uh, when we first uh, we love a pluggable. That, we love a pluggable at, at the Greener Way. <laughs> <laughs> when I when I first started, I was driving around with a, a farmer um, in his ute, and we were kind of going around, and I'm trying to figure out how to sell it to chefs and grocery stores. And you know, I, I led with environmental. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because I thought that was the most powerful message for my for myself, and you know. Uh, regenerative, regenerative, just blank stairs. And, mm. um, I had to, I had to, well, I just shift my pitch to, this is my friend, Warren. He is a cattle farmer. His beef is amazing. And there's not methane coming out of it. Uh, was mm. at some point later communicated later, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. but it was, this tastes good. It's a nice guy. He's in Boyerbrook. Try it out. Um, and I think now when we have these conversations, you know, even some large companies, um, distributing the product and, in other parts of the country or other other regions, they're asking good questions about regenerative mm. agriculture and how do we measure it and what do we do and how can they learn from um, you know what we've been sort of trying and failing for 
and then succeeding for mm-hmm. uh, you know many years now. So I, I think the overall interest and information is much much better, and it really gives you hope because um, you know Australia is not the largest company popu- country population wise, but mm-hmm. it has a lot of land, uh, mm-hmm. has a big impact, and if it can be done here, um, it really. It really can be done in other regions. You know, Europe and North America can also be done. And I think Australia has amazing things that come out of its ground. Mm. Um, and we are involved in the agricultural side of that. But uh, to show it can work here and show consumers will pay extra and fair prices um, for environmentally positive foods. Uh, it, you know, this is an area where we're ahead of the rest of the world. So it's pretty exciting. Excellent. Well, we'll leave it on that. Jay Albany, CEO of Wide Open Agriculture. Thanks for joining us. Thanks so much, Rachel. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the Greener Way podcast. If you like today's show, remember to rate and review us on your podcast platform and make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss an episode. Any feedback? Contact us on podcast at fssustainability.com.au. I'm Rachel Allen Backus. The Greener Way podcast is a product of FS Sustainability. A show about people, the planet, and investing in our collective future. All information in this podcast is for education and entertainment purposes only. The Greener Way podcast gives listeners access to information and educational content provided by discussing numerous financial sustainable options and our featured guests. It is not intended as a substitute for professional, legal, or tax advice. The hosts of The Greener Way are not financial professionals and are not aware of your personal financial circumstances. FS Sustainability operates under an Australian Financial Service License and the exemption made available under the Corporations Act 2001 in respect to any information or advice given. Before making any financial decisions, you should read the product disclosure statement and if necessary, consult a licensed financial professional. For more information, head to the disclaimer page on the FS Sustainability website, fssustainability.com.au.